Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan and I'm a mum of two boys, a passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth. This podcast is a platform for Kiwi families to share their experiences with pregnancy, birth and postpartum, shining light on topics that we need to talk about openly but for some reason are hidden away due to societal pressures. It's my goal to allow this platform to connect others, help you feel like you're not alone and bring experiences of all varieties for you to enjoy. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth and the stories on this podcast are personal to each individual, not intended for medical advice. I hope you love the episodes that come your way each week. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Enjoy. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Carolyn, and Carolyn takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her little son, and she talks us through their journey to falling pregnant and what that was like throughout her um, pretty positive pregnancy journey, and then into her birth story, and we also chat all things postpartum. So it's a really lovely episode, I know you're going to enjoy it, and I will let you jump into it now. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, pleasure. I'm actually really excited like to <laughs> go through the birth story. It's been months. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so um, my name is Carolyn. Um, a little bit about me. I've got, um, I guess, people, I would turn them kids, in their late 20s saying, oh, you're that chick from what now? So I guess in terms of my claim to fame years ago, yeah. that was it. Um, and now they're all adults, which is freaky because time flies. Um, I guess now I do marketing communications management for my role, um, although I'm currently on maternity leave. And I do television um, when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, I've got a show coming out at the end of this year. Um, where we got to travel. It was meant to be an international travel show, but then COVID <laughs> happened. And so um, it was around New Zealand instead, which was still quite amazing. And um, really just a jack of all trades, master of none, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how old is your little bub? Um, he is nearly six months old. So yeah, yeah. to my, my family, um, I'm married to Wes, Wesley, and we've got a little boy, Jasper, Jasper James Keep. Yeah, awesome. yeah, love the name Jasper. Very cute. <laughs> well, because we had babies so late, um, all of our friends had the, all the names that we. Oh were, yes. So we were like, God, what do we even? So we've got like, like lists out, and we yeah. both like Jasper. So that was that was his name from quite early on. Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. And do you want to take us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys? Oh, of course. Um, so we got married when I was thirty-six. Um, and then I went off the pill quite, I guess, you know, close to after that, just to see what would happen in the next year or so. Cause they say it takes a while, um, yeah. to get pregnant and stuff. And then maybe about three months after going off the pill, I started having these like really hot flushes in the middle of the night and stuff where I had to go and lie on the tiles in the bathroom just to cool oh, down. No. <laughs> 
And then Wes was like, have you noticed that your hair is like clogging up the drain a lot more than usual in the bathroom? And I'm like, oh, that is a thing. I, I was hoping that wasn't something I'd noticed. Um, and because I've had a lot of friends struggle uh, with fertility, I did know to ask my GP for that AMH blood test just as an mm-hmm. indicator to um, egg reserves, I guess, is the most basic way of saying what that blood test does. And so I had that and um, that test came back um, quite simply with premature ovarian um, failure. Um, insufficiency um, which basically means that they would recommend IVF um, as a form of getting pregnant just because I didn't have enough eggs to do it on my own allegedly and that I was heading towards menopause 10 years earlier than a 50 year old basically right. like yeah. so they called it early early menopause or perimenopause yeah. um, and so then we went through that whole thing of like Wes getting tested um, as well, just so they could have that whole picture. Um, and he had great, uh, like, sperm count and stuff. It's also yeah. sexy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, ta- it takes it takes the lovemaking in a new marriage right out the window. It was yeah. actually just like, wow. Um, okay, here's science. Um, but he had a few lazy sperm just floating around in there that um, yeah. wouldn't allegedly hang out with any egg of mine if I happen to have one uh-huh. so um we ended up um being told that the only way that we would probably have babies is if we got an egg donor um and so my sister stepped forward and put her hand up which was amazing for that yeah um and in and around that mix um things just got quite full-on not just because of the baby stuff but other things that happened and we actually separated um so maybe like nine or ten months and then got back together and then lockdown happened and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and then we naturally got pregnant so oh, although wow. yeah so although we've got those embryos still on ice um and we were going to look at utilizing those little fellas um this year yeah we, we ended up getting pregnant naturally despite the yeah. fact that they, we were told that i had no eggs and his sperm was lazy yeah amazing i think it's really interesting that amh test i've heard a few um actually had a few people on the podcast and then heard a few stories from other people too about um, being told something really similar and then still mm. falling pregnant um, just naturally. without any help. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Yeah, and as I'd say, I mean, and as you say with on every single podcast, I would always like get, get the big picture of what is available to you, but yeah. never take it as gospel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the body is an amazing thing. Yeah, 100%. Cool. And how did you find out you were pregnant then? Did you have any like symptoms that maybe gave it away? Well, I did have symptoms, but they're also perimenopausal symptoms. Uh-huh. So you get like sore boobs and you don't have, like, I mean, with my how things were panning out for me, I wouldn't have a period sometimes for like three months in a row. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'd have a period for eight weeks in a row. And mm, so okay. um it's something that you could never track in terms of a fertile window or anything. So when I didn't have a period for a few weeks longer than I was meant to, I was like, eh, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Saw boobs, didn't think anything of it. But the indicator for me was that I was just feeling really lethargic, like just so, so mm. tired. Um and just something prompted me to take a pregnancy test, God knows why, um, on my birthday when I was in lockdown on my 40th. <laughs> and uh, it came out with two lines. And I was like, huh, doubtful. That must just be an old test. I'll need to go to the pharmacy and get some new ones. Wes didn't believe me. They was like, oh, that's just probably a faulty test. <laughs> so, yeah, I did like four on that day. And they all came yeah. back with double lines. So, yeah, that was that. Yeah. 
Yeah, amazing. And how were you yeah. sort of feeling from there? What was your first trimester like? And did you have many other pregnancy symptoms I, that joined along the way? Look, I actually didn't. I had a dream run in terms of pregnancy symptoms. Nice. I, I thought um, it was a bit weird that I was suddenly wanting kiwi fruit and that, that um, you know, that what they wrap sushi in? That crunchy seaweed. Oh stuff. yes, yeah, yeah. I was somehow just needing to have like one of those crunchy sheets of seaweed a day, which was weird. Um, but just like those were little random cravings. Energy was really quite low in the first trimester, but I didn't get sick or anything yeah. like that. And I think, I guess for me, it was more just that mental thing. And I'm assuming this happens with every single mum who finds out she's pregnant. That first trimester is full of excitement and disbelief and. Yeah trying to do what you can to make sure that this baby is going to be okay because I just knew that with the odds being against against us to even be in that situation that mm. if, if I had had a miscarriage um, I would have wanted to be able to say look I did everything I could to not have that happen so yeah. if it happened I had to just trust nature so I was really yeah. quite strict with like my diet and my exercise and, and just getting enough rest and all that stuff yeah. um, just so that if the worst case happened, it would be horrific, but my mental health would get back to being yeah. close to okay afterwards. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. done anything to help that along. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm sure lots of people feel um, really similar, particularly in that first trimester. So oh, totally it really is. It's that navigation, yeah. isn't it, of, of just being so excited and then just equally afraid. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I've now got a six-month-old, and, and Wes, Wes has just taken him out of the room to give him a bottle quickly before a work call of his, and then it's past the baby at our house this morning <laughs> during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. And did you decide to go with a midwife for your care, or how did that play out? Yeah, we did. Like, I was advised to go um, OB just because of my age, because technically I'm I don't use this term anymore, but the geriatric. Oh, yes, lovely, love that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I um, I had a couple of friends who've had wonderful um, pregnancies and births, and um, I asked them to refer because I didn't. I mean, in my ignorance, I wasn't sure if I'd even need to know all this stuff. So I found myself pregnant and was like, oh, now what? And um, they're like, you need to get a midwife really quick. And I'm like, well, I'm only six weeks pregnant. And they're like, yeah, there's a wait list. Like, it's really hard and... So I got one of my good friends to put me in touch with her midwife and I basically just stalked her until she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> love that. And she's now, like, I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we went down that midwife route um, because she's so well connected to OBs and just she's so amazing that if, if she even got a whiff of me needing additional care over and above a midwife, she would have sent me straight to who yeah. her best guy was. So it was a process I was entirely, like, I just feel so grateful that, New Zealand is set up the way it is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my opinion, I know everyone's got their own, but yeah. going into it blind, I was just like, man, this is this mm. is set up to be, we're very lucky. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Awesome. And did you choose to do the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you find out the sex of your baby? Yeah, all the, all the things. We found out all the things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, me and patients don't get on. Um, yeah. So no, and but just because of our ages, we did the um, chromosomal test at around 12 weeks and yeah. um, that was awesome. And then we found out the sex that early on as well at the same time and yeah. did all the tests. And we did a, um, with our scans, we booked, we got a package early on that gave us like a little bit, 
more leeway with outside of just the uh, yeah, I yeah. guess template scan so we could get like maybe three or more scans on top nice. of those throughout the pregnancy just to see the little fella growing and things oh so it's so cool. cool isn't it I'm it's, like oh yeah, man so, <laughs> me too so I think it was just at the end actually of my first trimester I started having um spotting mm-hmm. and I was like oh here we go like you just mm. set yourself up for it and I, we ended up going into the hospital and they monitored us and they said that um what oh you probably know this this is how much I forget because it's irrelevant to me now but the blood test that they take it, it's the pregnancy hormone um oh hcg that's it yeah hcg and they said that mine had dropped drastically and we had um one doctor sort of be like yeah you know it's dropped so much that it's unlikely that the baby's alive but we can only mm. get you in a scan on monday and this is over the weekend and i'm like oh so obviously Great. that was the most devastating weekend um and then on monday to your point of having the scans available to us and the technology on monday we went in there just expecting the absolute worst like just Mm. just horrible um i can't even say um and then he was fine just kicking around in there and we were we were just like huh okay well he's strong he's a strong little whatever was going on with my blood tests yeah Yeah. right so it was just an unexplained bleed yeah. and dropping levels yeah and mm. jasper was fine thank goodness so yeah yeah it's crazy isn't it just yeah it is the human body you just gotta yeah. trust trust it's doing the right thing for what it needs to do to a point and just let go yeah yeah for sure yeah. cool and did you end up doing any like antenatal classes or birth education or anything like that in the lead up to your birth yeah so we did um antenatal classes which was really helpful um but also just it, it gets you a network um, of, yes. of people in the same yeah. kind of boat as you moving forward. I've got some really great friends out of my antenatal class. And interestingly, some of my best friends prior to having a baby, and they've had their kids long before I did, um, they're like, oh, yeah, some of them will be best friends for life mm. um, just because you meet during that. Such a yeah incredible shared emo- experience in life at the same time mm. um so yeah we, i've met some really cool chicks and their babies are awesome too so <laughs> yeah it's been great yeah cool and educational as well obviously the stuff that yeah you get out of. <laughs> yeah awesome nice and did you have much of a birth plan or sort of thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go well i was listening to lots of your podcasts <laughs> on, on the in the car and driving yeah. around and all sorts nice. just, just to get all those different ideas because i think um kind of i use that nine months to really meditate on how what kind of a parent I wanted to be and mine was kind of to be um really really present um and flexible um and not put what suits me on the baby in terms of you know schedules or timings or whatever yeah um and so I kind of went into the birth thinking that so I had my a my a game ideal and then I just went however he gets out that means he's okay and I'm okay is actually all that matters. So just do what you got to do. Yeah. So I did have the, um, I wanted the birthing and the water and the do it all naturally, (laughs) blah, blah. But then how my labor, how my labor started just meant that that was off the, out of not an option from the get go. So we ended up having him in the hospital. Yeah. Okay, cool. And just before we jump into that, were you doing anything, (laughs) In preparation for birth, like antenatal expressing or anything to try and bring on your labor faster or, yeah, what were you doing there? Not really. I kind of just um, trusted my body. I was doing, um, I guess in terms of body prep, um, I was doing resistance training um, 
and yoga maybe two you know three or four yeah. times a week um just because I heard that birth is so physical that I really wanted my body to be as ready as possible mm. and um just have it not not bounce back for physicality purposes just just be a whole operational doing once again what I could to be yeah. as prepared to help Jasper get out basically um and so that's pretty much really, I guess, in terms of that, all that I was doing. Um, yeah. I didn't kind of, I just was like, women have been doing this since the beginning of time with a lot less help. Just trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was more awesome. my mantra. Yeah. Cool. And do you want to take us through your labor starting? Was it spontaneous? And how far along were you? And then, yeah, into your birth yeah. story. Goodness me. I haven't even... <laughs> haven't even written this down yet um <laughs> hopefully I can remember it um so yeah I my waters broke um I think it, it was at 36 weeks and six days so preterm by a day yeah um and that meant that I needed to be monitored apparently just because that one day can make a bit a bit of difference and they factored in my age and all that sort of stuff so I went into the hospital um the morning because my waters broke around the one of the most common times of waters breaking apparently like between one and four a.m right know that um and everything was fine so they sent us home and they were just like look if you if he hasn't started moving um we'll need to induce you in the morning and um i was like i don't really want to have that be the start of anything Mm. because as soon as you get induced then it's likely that other intervention will be needed um so luckily he decided to kind of start the process on his own and I didn't need to be induced. Um, But I did end up in the hospital a couple of times back and forth um, just because although having never been in labor, my midwife was like, no, no, this is just normal. And I'm like, something just feels a little bit like I need to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she got us in maybe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today a couple of hours earlier than what she would have recommended just because I was being a pain in the ass and um she ended up doing a check and she's like oh no you're right because your contractions and the pain level and what your body's doing you should be about eight centimeters dilated um but you're only like close to two centimeters dilated Mm -hmm. and so she double checked everything and my waters hadn't actually broken it was a leak Mm. Mm. so then she had to break my waters um properly um, and give me an epidural, which was absolutely needed because she's like, well, this could be 10 more hours of that pain mm. and your body wouldn't be able to get them out if that's the case. Um, by then you'd be too exhausted. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, geez. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was on the epidural for about, maybe about five hours. And because he was facing the wrong way um, during that time, we needed to kind of try and naturally move him around by me moving around, which we managed yeah. to do. Um, so you could move with the epidural? Yeah, interestingly. Yeah. it was That was actually one of the most surprising parts of the whole thing because in my yeah. mind I went into it thinking an epidural was literally like I would be paralyzed yeah, from the waist down. It was a low dose or something because sometimes they can give you like a low dose that means you can still move. 
Yeah, maybe just so I could try and move around and get him. Like I do know that if I'd attempted to stand, I would have wobbled and flopped over. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it wasn't so numb as to – all I could feel was pressure though, not pain, yeah. if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he moved to face the right way in those hours, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I just said to my midwife, she said, are you feeling like you're ready to push? And I said, yep, I definitely feel like it. And she said, just just you do it. She's like, your body's telling you what to do, so you just do it. And then he was out 20 minutes later. Oh, wow. So quite yeah. quick, like in terms of um, yeah, yeah, you're pushing and him turning around. Yeah, I think him turning around, yeah, he took like the four hours that I was on the epidural. Yeah. And then the pushing out, not that I've got any comparison, but she said it was quite quick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So and did they like, pop oh. him straight up on your chest? Yeah, I did. I wanted that. Um, yeah. our, our process was, however he came out, was that um, Wes would be the first to hold him and pass him to me. Um, just because I think for dads, like it must, pregnancy must be such an odd time for men. Because, yes. Yeah. Because women... We, we get the feeling of something happening. We get the beautiful kicks and we get the physicality mm. and we get all that stuff and men just get to watch. Um, yeah, I often think that for birth partners, it's like one of those quite funny periods of time where you see, you watch something happening, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. They know, it ha- they know it's happening because they can physically see it, but how connected they feel to it, I can't yeah. speak to. Um, so I did want Wes to be the first person to be able to touch his son and then... Um, have it be real you know and then hand him to me and we wanted the cord um which is more common practice than I thought um or understood so we kept his cord with him um for a number of minutes yeah until it stopped kind of doing what it does um and then yeah he went straight on me after popping out um it was funny because Wes was taking photos he's a bit of a um, passion photographer yeah. and um, so he was he was down that end getting all the business <laughs> yeah. and the midwife was like um you might want to drop your camera now because yeah, it's <laughs> between coming. it's between your baby or the camera and we was yeah. like oh, oh um but yeah it was lovely and then we just had those beautiful skin to skin moments as soon as he was up and on me yeah. and it was just unbelievable like, there's no real word that describes that those moments yeah it's just yeah. like wow wow awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And did you need like any stitches or anything like that from your birth? Um, my midwife said I didn't, but she gave me a couple just, I think, just for healing purposes, just yeah. kind of a bit on the inside. But it was, um, look, I was once again so very lucky. I think because he was a little baby as well, it certainly didn't do me any damage. <laughs> any <laughs> yeah. damage. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, I felt great. I was like up and about the next day, kind of just yeah. very comfortable. Um I mean, naturally, it feels like you've been stretched because you have. Yes, but out, yeah. outside of that, I was I was very lucky. Um, yeah. With kind of only bled for like two weeks afterwards, and oh, nice. Yeah, it was all just. Um, yeah, it was all awesome. But yeah. he he was little. He was little. He's growing <laughs> into himself now. But at the, at, <laughs> yeah. at the time, I'm like, phew. Lucky yeah. How me. much did he weigh at birth? Um, he was two point seven kg. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So awesome. so not. Not too, like little, but not like too tiny, yeah. too scrawny. Just looked like a little wrinkly old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. And how long did you stay in the hospital for? Um, we stayed in the hospital maybe a couple of hours after that, and then we um, we did birth care. Just having it be yeah. your first child and, and kind of only having read stuff, you're like, okay, I definitely want those midwives and experts around just to help with yeah. the breastfeeding and the sleeping and just all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, cool. So it was really great. 
Nice. And how did he go latching on? How did you find those initial few days? Actually, he was, um, I didn't make heaps of colostrum, um, but enough just to have him have that for, you know, those four days. And his his latch seemed to be okay and all that sort of stuff. But we got home and I just felt that something was a little bit off. Like I just felt that, I don't know what it was, whether he was, Mm. I, I couldn't even tell you, but I just said to Wes, I said, I don't think that he's feeding properly and um yeah. so next when my midwife came around I showed her and she's like oh you're right and he's dropped in weight he just wasn't latching um although it looked like he was on the boob he just wasn't doing much um mm. and he and he I think it's because he was a little bit preterm they reckon um and he did have a tongue tie along with that that we sorted out um and along with that I wasn't making heaps of milk so it was just a like a bit of a cluster of all the things all at once um so once we determined that the feeding became really full-on like all-consuming um where it was me keep like trying to up my milk supply enough to continue breastfeeding but then he needed to be topped up with formula um just because he wasn't getting enough yeah and so it was yeah just breastfeeding top up and pump so each feed took about two and a half to three hours and then you just start again (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that was for the first couple of months of his life. Um, So that was full on, but I didn't mind it. I mean, you just do what you need to do for them, right? Yeah, you do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you feel um, once you went home from birth care and yeah, just, I guess, adjusting to those um, in those first few weeks as being a new mom and you've got this little baby to look after. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find those first few weeks? It was, um, Wes took two and a half weeks off, so he was yeah. home for those first two, which was really nice. Um, and then, look, I think, I don't know whether it would be just because I'm a bit older and have had lots of friends who've, you know, been so wonderful with their information and stuff, but I, I maybe expected it just to be pure hell on earth. And so my, mm. <laughs> so my expectations, I, I was surprised. I was actually, I just, I don't mean to sound like, annoying to other mums but (laughs) but I just um everything was such a surprise from being able to get pregnant from having a lovely pregnancy um so I just really I just cherished all of it Mm. I just I really loved it and um the feeding was was and has been the hardest thing um yeah for him and I mostly just because I mean you go through the mum stuff of not being able to feed your kid and that's yeah that's your own stuff to deal with um so long as the baby's okay then that's the main thing but um yeah it was just that was really really emotionally full-on and and quite hard to manage yeah um but he's on solids now and bloody loving it so yeah we've we've flipped a switch (laughs) yeah yeah awesome yeah and what about your mental health like in those um weeks and months and obviously you have hormonal changes and um did you experience any of the baby blues or yeah anything like that in those um first few months or even now yeah in the first few months I don't think I did actually I I think I had the lucky chance because I mean I did read up on that um and especially with my hormones as they were with the perimenopausal stuff prior I was just like "Hmm, I wonder how it's going to kick back Mm. when I'm not pregnant anymore um but hormonally yeah I've just I felt really 
absolutely lovely. I mean, ask yeah. Wes. He might be like, <laughs> <laughs> delusional. Yeah. You were actually lo- like, looping. <laughs> um, but no, I really, I really loved it. If anything now, it's that management of just knowing that things happen and are so fleeting. Yeah. And it's just like, man, these they grow up so quick. And then it's, yeah. just, it's just managing that emotional stuff to go just learning how to let go of each yeah. phase. And apparently that's just being a mum now for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll get better at it. Yeah. But um, no, I've really just loved it. Like I, I couldn't have even guessed how much I'd just enjoy being a mum. Yeah. I, so I'm 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 one of the lucky ones, but I'm yeah. also I'm also young at it. So you know, ask me in a couple of years, and I'll, be, I'll be like, oh god, well that those blues hit me at one year mark, or you know, yeah. you, you yeah. don't know what's around the corner. Yeah, for stuff. sure. But yeah, um, so far so good. Yeah, cool. And I know you mentioned that you had like a pretty good recovery from birth. Did you find that there was anything that helped you along that way, or um, yeah, how has your body gone with the whole recovery side of things? Yeah, I've been lucky. Um, I've been able to kind of just do yoga and stretching and, you know, I try to walk every day or just not actually even for my body, but to your point of mental health. Um, I just think it's for me personally, just one of those things I need to do to make sure that I, I have that space Mm. um, and just to kind of regulate things or or think about things or, you know, you're living with someone and everything's new and you're just like, I I can be overreactive or, you know, something pisses me off and it's just like, Oh my God, seriously. So you just, you know, you go for a walk and just everything comes out in the wash and yeah. Yeah. That's my thing for mental health is just a bit of movement really. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And what about the juggle? I guess like I often talk with mums on the podcast or um, over message about, um, like the sharing of tasks and jobs and like looking after the baby at night time and getting up to him and all those types of things between you and Wes, how have you juggled, um, yeah, I guess sharing the load of everything that is parenting? Mm, it's, it's interesting, that conversation. And each each household has their own dynamic. Our house, because yeah. we started a new job at the start of the year, which is pretty, yeah. uh, it's mentally full on, it's in sales. Um, so you can't really afford to not be on his game yeah, um yeah. so we had an agreement that I would just I sleep in the same room as Jasper at the moment yeah um and Wes is in a different room and he I do all the night feeds I've done all the night feeds um myself um, yeah especially considering that because of the process that it was earlier on with regards to the breastfeeding and the yeah. uh, bottle and then me pumping for 20 minutes afterwards it was <laughs> yeah. just like Wes would have got no sleep yeah um and look I think and I don't mean this to, this is not a point to Wes or anyone, but I do think after speaking to a lot of mums, there is a an interesting dynamic that comes out to play that's incredibly old-fashioned, yeah. where it's, it's still, because the mum's the mum. Yeah. So she does the dinner, she does the cleaning, she does the, and look, I do all that stuff. Um, and do I resent Wes for it? I'd use it over him and have, we'd fight about it maybe once a week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, 
it's an interesting thing and I don't think yes. it's uncommon. It's just, I think women are far more logical than men give them credit for. So we're mm. actually quite strategic with our days. It's like, okay, if this is the amount of time I get for sleep, this is what I'll do. And yeah. if I have spare hands, I'll do this and this and this. And Wes is like, well, why don't you rest a bit? I'm like, well, then that won't have got done. That won't have got done. That yeah. won't have got done. And I guarantee you won't do it. So, <laughs> mm. Especially while like, yeah, I think it's really interesting, the dynamic, like particularly if your partner returns to work mm. um, and this is the really um, interesting part of being a parent, I guess, is if you're the one that's at home with the baby while your partner returns to work, it's, they, they actually really don't, I think understand a lot of the time until they get the opportunity to be at home with you or the baby for a period of time, which they almost never will. Yeah. And in lockdown, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's kind of just, I mean, I, you know, with lockdown using it as an example, since we're in it now, I would get up and go for a walk, which is lovely in the morning because we can do that first feed and put Jasper down for his first nap, which means I get a, you know, two hour window. Yeah. Um, And that's just, unheard of and yeah. that's that's not really even something for me that's me walking the dog because the dog needs yeah. Walk. but yeah yeah but but you know what I mean and yeah. um it's it's an interesting conversation because mm. I just I feel like a lot of mums go and you know a living life quite misunderstood or unappreciated yeah um yeah. just because we're efficient yeah, yeah no <laughs> definitely um, can appreciate that comment yeah yeah so and it's certainly not having a dig at men it's more just no. we're all just very different and yeah. you know I think if you're a guy listening to this podcast just because a duck is sitting on the top of a pond looking like it's doing nothing it's legs mm. are mental underneath to keep it there yeah. and if you pay close attention to what the mother of your child's doing you would actually just be floored at the amount she gets done each day for yeah. you to be able to have an easy life yeah yeah, no, 100% agree with that comment for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, cool. And is there anything else that's sort of like come to mind or um, that you want to share in terms of your birth story or just your journey to becoming a parent before we close the episode? No, I think, um, well, my journey has been very unique and I'm incredibly just in gratitude for the opportunity that the universe kind of gave <laughs> gave it to me in the first yeah. place. Um, secondly, everything changes um and people always say that to you oh your life's going to change but they Mm. say it in a way that is almost negative like Mm. oh you're misdoing this and you're misdoing that and oh what about your sleep and and I really would say to people in that pregnancy holding pattern of not knowing what's next but knowing that it's going to happen whether you want it to or not (laughs) just really glass half full it because I just have found personally that if there's anything that's been hard that's popped up just know that nothing is permanent. Everything moves so quickly mm. and you'll miss it when it's gone. And, yeah. <laughs> and I just think, just cherish it. Just cherish yeah. all the little moments. Um, yeah. And that would be my advice on having done it for only five and a half months. But... <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it actually is. A parent okay. is. It's a long yeah, time. Yeah, right. Oh, would you say yeah. that? That's, that's good to know because I always yeah. feel like, you know, if I do the odd post on Instagram and share my feelings about things, I'm like, oh, God, shut up, Carolyn. You're not even – you don't know what you're doing. You've only done it for such a short amount of time. No, no <laughs> way. I think you just go through each period of um, of your baby and they change, like you say, so quickly and – all of a sudden they're not doing that thing that they were doing anymore and it's a new thing that they're doing. And I think yeah, yeah it's such a unique and um, it really does go so fast, those, especially in the first year, I think. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that just based on the first half of the year almost being over already. And I just also would say the baby's never been a baby before. It's new, it's new to itself and we've never been parents before. We've never been, you know, in a relationship where we've been parents. Um, We've never been parents to a child. So everything's just so new and just give yourself grace, just grace for not knowing. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. No, I definitely, definitely agree with all of that. Thank you, Carolyn. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I've really loved talking to you and I know that the listeners will enjoy your episode. So yeah, super grateful. Thank you. Uh, Well, thanks for having me and good luck with your up and coming. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you another awesome episode next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.